Every continent has a history of famines that ravaged at one time or another, and Asia is no exception. The age-old problem of natural disasters hitting the poorest rural communities and leaving them without the means to feed themselves continues, now made worse by climate change. In the first part of this series, I explained how over the next 40 years, population growth is set to outpace food production, leaving a looming crisis of how to feed an extra 2.5 billion people. For this part, I've crossed the Chinese border into Nepal's western hills to see for myself how food insecurity impacts on the lives of the rural poor. Five years ago, Nepal emerged from a decade-long civil war that broke down infrastructure and slowed development. Added to this, the Himalayan country is also regarded a climate change hotspot with changing monsoon patterns, increasing droughts, crop diseases and flooding. In the villages above the deep valleys that bring life to those who live along the banks, the land is getting drier and farmers are only able to produce enough food to sustain them for three to six months of the year. The lean season has just begun in Dolfa district, and in the hillside village of Jafal, Dantakamari Dangi is worried about how she will feed her three children. We have very little rainfall now. There's drought. We have land but no rain, so we can't grow crops. My parents say that they had surplus when they were growing up. They had enough to sell. But it's getting worse now. I don't know why it doesn't rain. It's all about the sky. Maybe there isn't enough water in the sky. They say they had a lot of rain in the past. But the people are cutting down trees now as the population is growing. Maybe that's the reason we have so little rainfall. I don't know how it was when I was little. But from the time I remember, this is how my parents have brought us up. It's always been a difficult life. Dangi lives far above the river at an altitude of 2,987 meters on the edge of the Tibetan Plateau. The area is ranked by the UN World Food Programme Asia's most insecure. The terrain is harsh and inaccessible. Government figures say food deficit has tripled in recent years. The food we grow on our land is just enough for half a year. It's never enough. So we depend on the World Food Programme. They pay us for the food in exchange for our labor. We buy some from the Food Corporation. It's been like this for some 15 years. Our parents say there used to be sufficient food in the past. The World Food Programme pays each family four kilograms of rice per day for labor, for digging roads or irrigation canals. But the organization is running out of money. Due to the global financial crisis and donor fatigue, this year they only have one quarter of the budget they need to stop half a million people going hungry. Nepal's World Food Programme country representative Nicole Minaj explains. 
Yeah, well, we, we do feel that there's a risk that some will go hungry because we don't have enough assistance. It's, uh, it is very difficult to meet the needs of those we, we think that we should, again, without this assistance. Um, we're trying to, um, to juggle that as best as we can, but, but definitely we, we provide a, a social safety net, as we call it. We provide uh, to people most in need and, and um, and there is a risk that, that some will go hungry. The poverty in the region also means low literacy. Children walk hours to fetch drinking water instead of going to school. Almost half of all children under the age of five are malnourished, and 75% never grow to their normal size. Life expectancy is just 44 years. The situation is, however, not totally hopeless. The Chinese love for herbal medicine has provided one opportunity to the region that has helped starve off the worst of the hunger. In the monsoon months, a small caterpillar fungus called Yasagumba can be found in the high mountain forests several days' walk from the populated areas of Dolpha. In China, the fungus is believed to have aphrodisiac properties and can fetch high prices with Chinese merchants who cross the border to buy the herbal medicine for up to 500 RMB for a single worm. Walking through a small hillside community, I met Padam Kamari, who explained to me her predicament. People go to collect Yarsagumba these days, so they do not grow their own crops for food. It is always the same from the time of our parents. There is not much to grow. If it rains, we can grow food, but it does not. We try to sieve the seeds three times, but if it still does not grow, then we don't have food to eat for that year. We had enough food in the past, but nowadays World Food Programme and government provides the food. And if it does not rain, and we don't have support from the World Food Programme or the government, we have to live with empty stomachs. If people have grain, they will eat the grains. But if we don't have grains, we will survive by one piece of bread a day until the food is grown. This year's grain will last just for two months. Then we will run out. Both Kamari and Dungi understand little of weather patterns or program budgets, but their ambitions for future generations are clear. Our wish is that our children could have education and employment. It is the dream of all Dolpalis. There isn't enough water for irrigation. It might have been possible closer to the rivers. The very river flows down there, but the land is up here in the mountains. So it's difficult to get irrigation for the farmlands. Irrigation would be the answer to all our problems.